Hey guys, what up? It me. I'm here for a special episode, Galentine's episode of my Best Vintage Life podcast. Happy Galentine's Day, guys. This is going live Thursday, the day before Valentine's Day, which was unofficially made a holiday uh, by Leslie Nope on the American comedy show Parks and Recreation. If you've never watched it, you should. It's really funny, but I think it's a great way to celebrate Valentine's Day with your girlfriends. So that's the theme today. First off, how are you? I hope you've been well. I hope you're having a great February wherever you are. Um, just a few little notes before I start. If you haven't checked out uh, the new version of my website, please do so. I switched over um, from Big Cartel to Shopify, and I love Shopify. It's been really great. Um, thanks, everybody who's been placing orders. I really appreciate your support. It's fun sending them out. It's fun seeing what you guys are buying. And um, more, more, more importantly, if you don't want to buy anything, um, please do sign up for the newsletter. If you go to my website, mybestvintagelifepodcast.com, and scroll down to the bottom, there is a section where you can sign up for the newsletter um, where you will just get more fun vintage knowledge. I know a lot of you out there don't have Instagram. So if you don't have Instagram, you are kind of missing out on some extra fun stuff that I do for the podcast. So the newsletter will just be a further extension of that and a way to learn more about vintage and experience um, kind of more of my day-to-day -day and what I do in my career. So please, if by all means, like if you don't have social media, the newsletter is one of the best ways to kind of keep up and get more out of the podcast. So if you have any issues finding it, please send me a question. Um, you can do so through the contact page on the website or through social media. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. I've been getting some really really lovely reviews from people and it makes a world of difference. Thank you for taking the time to do it. In reality, it doesn't take that much time to do. So especially if you're listening on the Apple podcast app, I don't really think any of the other um, podcast sourcing hosts um, have reviews or the option to review. So please, if, if you listen to the Apple podcast app, leave me a review there. I'd really appreciate it. Um, and at the very least, rate and subscribe. Share with your friends. If you have anybody that likes fashion and vintage you think would be into it, just uh, share it with them. You can actually do that on an iPhone. I'm not sure about how you would be – well, you couldn't do it on a Droid because the podcast app is an Apple app. But on the iPhone, you can actually um, – there's like three little dots. If you click, there's an option to share. And you can send podcast episodes um, – through text messages. So if there's a specific episode you really like, you want to send it to your friend, you can do it that way. And then when they click, it just opens up the app on their phone, provided that they have an iPhone. Um, the reason why I'm talking heavily on iPhones is that I've um, been able to access through my podcast source, uh, hosting source, Buzzsprout, they have like these crazy detailed statistics now. And like pretty much most of my listeners are listening on an Apple product, Apple phone, iPad, um, so that's the reason why I am mentioning that. Um, don't forget to follow along on Instagram and Facebook at my best vintage life podcast. I'm doing a fun giveaway right now, um, for Galentine's day and I will be doing, I think I'm going to leave it open until Monday. So, um, if you go to my Instagram, there is a way to enter. I'm giving away a vintage Cantha quilt that has heart, uh, heart print all over it. So, if you're interested in winning that, there's a few little rules there to follow to get yourself more and more entries. And I think I'll be drawing that either over the weekend or on Monday just to give people 
um, an extra chance to enter after they listen to this episode. Um, and my current obsession at the moment is this watermelon juice I've been getting from Whole Foods. I actually don't know the name of the brand, but watermelon juice in general, I was telling Art, it's kind of like, I don't know, it reminds me of spring and summer. I made this really awesome um, watermelon agua fresca for um, Cinco de Mayo once, and it was really good. It was like watermelon and mint, and I, I'm sure I probably probably put some liquor in it um but it just reminds me like on the east coast growing up in the east coast like Cinco de Mayo is like one of your first more warmer weather holidays granted it is more of a drinking holiday but um I don't know I just drinking this watermelon juice lately has been kind of giving me spring vibes although I don't get as excited for spring here in California or at least in Fresno because I know the brutal heat slash dry dust bowl that Fresno will turn into is coming soon. And I don't know how anybody could look forward to that. Definitely not this girl, that's for sure. So the watermelon juice, the next time I get one, I'll, um, I'll post a picture on Instagram so that you can see it. And Folane, don't forget, I am a natural beauty ambassador. So if you're looking for 15% off your order, use my uh, coupon code ref underscore basic dot bougie dot Bridget B-O-U-G-I-E that's my personal Instagram name um this time of year I feel like oh, my skin and my lips are so weird I'm having like allergic reactions on my lips which is like really awful and painful and embarrassing so I'm just my skin's kind of like going through seasonal changes so I think now is a good time to like invest in a good exfoliator moisturizer and sunscreen not that there's never really a bad time to invest in those things but um it's these summer these spring days you know like winter going into spring when you have like the bright sun you can really get a good burn on those days so make sure you're um you know lathering up on the SPF um, and just taking care of your skin and preventing skin cancer. So ref underscore basic bougie Bridget. All right, guys, enough with the notes. Let's get right to today's topic. So this episode is kind of a fun theme and I did involve, um, some of my Instagram followers responses. I'll do those at the end. I'm going to talk about my responses to the question, what, fashion designers would you invite to a Galentine's Day party? And I did ask um, in the caption of the Instagram post, you know, to kind of keep it more vintage themed and it could be somebody dead or alive. So I was going to do um, 10 people, but it actually ended up kind of being like a cuckoo crazy work week for me. So I only got five, but I think that's good. I think like a nice little dinner party is like five to 10 people. So I'm, I'm happy with it. And I love all the people that I picked. I think I picked the best of the best um, in terms of who I love in fashion. So my first um, designer at my party would be Mary Quant. So if you listen to my recent mini-sode on Andre Courage, you would know that he and she were in a battle over who developed the miniskirt. Miniskirt aside, I still love her and the designs that she made and the era that she, you know, was kind of flourishing in. Um... So I kind of, for each person, I'm going to like answer three different little chunks of info. My first question to myself when I was putting together this episode is what would that person wear? So I said that she would most likely be wearing a mini skirt. Now, why would I want her there? Well, something that 
is a fun fact that I honestly didn't even know when I was doing this yesterday is that yesterday, the um, 11th of February, was her 90th birthday. And I actually, I won't lie, I wasn't sure if she was even still alive, um, but she is. Uh, So happy birthday, Mary. 90th birthday. That's a super special one. And why it makes her birthday even more special is that um, right now at the Victoria and Albert Museum in the UK, which is a museum that if I could go, if anybody gave me like a plane ticket right now to go to any museum, I would be there um, because they do a lot of really cool fashion exhibits. And they also have, um, they put out their own fashion books as well, which are really good. Anyways, the, um, the exhibit they're doing on her right now as of right now, it could surpass others, is, has become their third um, most popular exhibit of all time in terms of fashion exhibits. So only ahead of her, number one is um, Alexander McQueen when they did the exhibit on him. And then I believe um, the second one was um, Dior. So as of right now, she's in third place, which I think is pretty cool um, because you know, it shows her legacy and the ability to withstand the test of time. Trends have come, trends have go, but there's probably a lot of young people at that exhibit, whether they know about her or not, they're learning about her. And I think that that's the important thing. So happy birthday, Mary Quant, happy 90th birthday. (laughs) And um, I think if I, if she was there, I would probably ask her um, what it was like to meet the queen in the 1960s. She was given her OBE, which is um, Order of the British Empire. And I think it was a little controversial when she got her award because she was actually wearing a, um, not a mini skirt, but it was kind of like a little, I guess, mini dress in a way. Um, it was way above her knee, which I'm sure at the time for meeting the queen and getting that award was um, controversial. But I did see a photo of her in it, and she's proudly holding up her award in a frame. Um, and in her cute little, it was like a, I think it was like a cream-colored dress. I will be posting pictures to correspond with what I'm talking about so you guys have a visual. Uh, but I think it would be cool kind of to get her perspective of what it was like to meet the queen in that era and obviously get that award um, at that point in time in her career because it was still relatively early in her career. And I think in general, she would just be a really, really cool person to to have at a dinner party. So that's my first choice, Mary Quant. Okay. Number two, I wouldn't say is drastically different, but very different. Um, and it's Ri Kawakubo. And she is most famous for um, starting Comme des Garçons. So if you know anything about Comme des Garçons, it's um, very deconstructed, very modern minimalist look. Uh, she herself is is Japanese, um, and I think if she was coming to the party, she would be wearing definitely a black leather moto jacket with big black sunglasses. That's kind of her signature look, very plain and simple. Um, not that her clothes are plain and simple, but they're definitely simple in terms of, like, pattern um, and I'd say, like, you know, they're not – they're nothing like what Mary Quant designed. So two very different people. Um, And I really love her because, you know, she's inspired so many people, so many other Japanese designers um, and not just Japanese designers, but designers all over the world have been inspired by her because what she was doing was just so drastically different than anything else. Um, And I think really part of the um, 
mystery behind her is that she she doesn't do many public appearances, still doesn't do many public appearances. People say she's the first person in uh, at work in the morning and the last person to leave. Um, she does like a bi-continental relationship with her boyfriend or not her husband, um, who's like 10 years her junior. So she's very hip, <laughs> very cool lady. Um, obviously, you know, puts her career first. I believe she's like walking distance to, um, you know, her her workplace where she designs and puts together her collections so obviously cares very much about fashion and and her brand Comme des Garçons um I love Comme des Garçons I don't own any of their clothes but I do love their small leather goods they have really cute wallets and I own a bottle two bottles of their perfume um I am not like a fruity light female scent perfume like that's just not my thing um not florals not vanillas or anything like that I like a heavy deep scent and um the one scent I have it's called Avignon um it's it literally smells like church incense so especially if you're Catholic you know what church incense smells like most people hate it I love it I literally feel like I'm just drenching myself in incense when I put it on um, and that was actually a gift from uh, my old boss at Urban for Christmas. It was a really pleasant surprise because at the time I had no business buying a bottle of uh, perfume that was that expensive. So it was a joy to get and I've had it for a long time. I know you're not supposed to keep perfume that long, but it still smells good. So anyways, I'm sidetracked from um, from Marie and, and her genius. But um, I think if I was going to ask her one one question it would be what was it like to date uh yoji yamamoto because he was really inspired by her and he is also kind of like a juggernaut of japanese fashion so i i have to wonder what it would be like to date someone who was on kind of like that same playing field level as you did they get along did they argue about you know their points of view in the fashion world and i i don't know I'm wondering if with them, I don't believe it lasted. So maybe things did clash at some point in time. Was it competitive? I can imagine, yes, it would be unless both people weren't competitive. But the chances of that happening are very slim. I feel like most people that have a fashion uh, brand and line are usually pretty competitive people, whether they admit it or not. So I think it would be really cool to find that out from her. What was that like? Because um, it's not super not super common to find two heavy hitters like that dating um you know when you heard the episode on Andre Courage he was he ended up marrying his assistant but she herself was not widely known as a big fashion designer the way that uh, Yoji Yamamoto is so that's pretty much all I have on um Rei Kawakubo okay let's see who's next okay Vivian Westwood so I love Vivian Westwood. I think she's um, she's has so much energy and she's just a really cool lady. I think if she was coming to uh, my party, she'd definitely be in some sort of tea, a t-shirt with like some sort of social issue message because she very much wears her her thoughts on her her clothing. It's not uncommon to see her wearing like a t-shirt talking about 
political views or, you know, talking about global warming. Um, so I think she would definitely have something like that on, especially in today's political climate, maybe some sort of Brexit message uh, since she's, you know, from the UK. Um, the one thing that, I mean, I think I don't really need to speak too much to Vivian Westwood's designs. I think you pr have a pretty strong idea about what she does because um, her designs are very crazy. And I mean, you know, kind of like the um, the start of punk, really, and that whole movement. And I mean, that in and of itself is just such a massive moment in fashion that I don't think we get many of those today. But there was this one moment where she um, was doing a photo shoot for a Tatler magazine. And she ended up getting a business suit that was designed for Margaret Thatcher, but Margaret Thatcher ended up canceling. And they dressed her up like Margaret Thatcher for the cover. And um, it says this woman was once a punk, like that was the cover. And honest to God, it looks just like Margaret Thatcher. It's it's scary how much she looked like her in the picture. Um, So I just, I love that about her. She was very not afraid to shake things up a bit or make a splash and I think back then it was probably pretty shocking to um, people in the UK so I think that, that that was really cool she's definitely very outspoken in her um, you know political beliefs and her beliefs in general so um, and I think if, if I was going to ask her one thing um, I think I would just you know ask her what it was like to be you know, such a, a big creator in the, the punk movement. You know, there, there are so many movements in fashion, not only today, but in the past, but not all of them are super duper memorable. But for me, movements like the punk movement, like that's so huge because it was so different. I mean, I can't even think of the last time we really had a fashion movement. I mean, a few years ago, we had like normcore, but I mean, how, okay, I get it. Like, and I, I'm down with normcore. It doesn't bother me, but like, how boring is it compared to the punk movement? I mean, think about what people were wearing, not just about what they were wearing, what they were piercing, what they were putting on their face and their hair, mohawks, you know, all the, um, the safety pins. It's just, it's not um, it's not something that happens frequently, such a strong, vibrant movement. So I really I would love to ask her what it what it feels like to be one of the founding forces behind that movement for sure. Um, next is uh, Sonia Reichel. Um, she unfortunately has since passed away. Um, she died from Parkinson's disease. Um, which is interesting because that's also what um, Andre Courage passed away from, both uh, French designers. So rest in peace, Sonia. Um, what do I think she'd be wearing? Well, I think she'd probably be wearing her poor boy sweater um, in black. So the poor boy sweater is actually something she created when she was pregnant. She was finding it hard to shop nothing really fit her. So she created this um, sweater with high cut armholes that kind of clung to your body. And I don't know why they called it the poor boy sweater, but that's what she's known for. And I think um, if she was coming to a party, that's definitely what she would be wearing. 
And she really was known as like the queen of knits. Um, sweater wear was really her big thing. And um, some of you might know this, some of you might not. She was the first um, designer ever to put slogans on sweaters. So any kind of words on a sweater. Uh, Sonia was the first person to do that. Um, which is funny because nowadays sweaters have so many graphics on them and wording. Um, so she was really the founding mother of all of that, the queen of knits. So I think that's a really kind of cool person to be. I think if I was going to be a fashion designer, I would want to be the first of something like that, you know, to say that, okay, I was the first person to put words on a sweater. And when you think about it, it's not really that complicated of a theory, but people weren't doing it. So anytime you do something that's not really in existence, it's probably a little bit scary, right? So I think um, that was probably a really cool moment for her and something that she was able to say for the rest of her life and be proud about. So fun fact about the poor boy sweater, and this would be my question for her, is that um, Audrey Hepburn bought 14 of them in different colors. So I think I would be like, hey, what was it like to be so cool and so in demand that Audrey Hepburn bought 14 of your sweaters just, you know, casually <laughs> to have in her wardrobe? Um, that must be such a badass feeling or must rather must have been such a badass feeling. So I would really love to know, hey, what was it like to live in that time and to get an order like that from such a well-known and respected celebrity? So that would be my question for Miss Sonia. And uh, last but certainly not least would be Betsy Johnson. Um, I've always loved Betsy Johnson, although I wouldn't say her stuff's my cup of tea these days. Um, however, when I was in college, I really loved uh, her product. And obviously, if she was coming to the party, she better have a fucking tutu on. Otherwise, she's not coming in. <laughs> I mean, what else would she wear? She's Betsy Johnson. But, you know, what I really love about Betsy is she brought so much whimsy and fun to uh, the American fashion scene. And she was a part of the Youthquake movement. Um, late 60s, early 70s, and part of the Andy Warhol uh, warehouse scene. And, you know, I mean, Edie Sedgwick was her her in-house model. Like, how fucking cool is that? I mean, she's her, her career has definitely evolved over time. And um, the one thing that I really admire about Betsy, not necessarily from the past, but recently, in like the last few years, her company um, filed for bankruptcy. She had been bought out by Steve Madden, but even that wasn't working. But then they like turned that shit around. And I was reading an article on Business Insider. It was like kind of giving accolades to all these companies that at one point in time had filed for bankruptcy. And then they quick turned things around. And Betsy Johnson was one of them um, because they kind of found a new method instead of like having these lofty expectations and opening up all these brick and mortars when obviously rents going up and people aren't shopping as much in person that's the way they got themselves into debt um they're focusing more on wholesale orders for large department stores so like i believe she's doing a stationary line for home goods um she's doing a clothing line for oh sorry i had to stretch a little um, she's doing a clothing line i believe for nordstrom's and a few other like big box department stores so um she found what worked for her and bounced back from, obviously, I think they were like $4 million in debt, $4.1 um, and, you know, came back and is, is doing really well. 
Um, and I think that's like just shows such resiliency and, you know, some people are stubborn and they don't want to admit when something's working and, you know, they had some people come in, help them out and, and turn things around. Okay. That's not working, but people still want you, they want your brand. So how can we do this? Right. So I think they're going about it in a really good way. And, um, I think my question for her would be, how the hell do you keep up with the cartwheels? I don't know if she still does them, but she was doing them well into her 70s. Cartwheels, um, after her fashion shows, there's tons of pictures and videos of her doing them and like doing splits as well. Super impressive. I want to be in that kind of shape when I'm that age. And I also think she's really beautiful and striking, um, you know, for someone who's in their 70s. I, I just think she's super attractive and I love Betsy Johnson. So those are... Um, my five choices for my Galentine's dinner. So now, unfortunately, I turned my phone off. Um, <laughs> I have to turn my phone back on to read from Instagram um, listener choices. So there are definitely, um, I don't think most people, I did see one Betsy Johnson, I believe, but for the most part, I think mine were different from everybody else's, um, but within their responses, there were some um, repeats. Let me silence my phone. Oh boy, 10% remaining. I better hurry up and do this. <laughs> okay. Oh my god. Also, guys, it's worth noting yesterday was 10 years since uh, Alexander McQueen um, unfortunately passed away through uh, committing suicide. So rest in peace, Alexander McQueen. He's definitely um, one of my favorite designers of all time. So just felt like that was worth noting. Uh, let's see. Okay, people are commenting on my Alexander McQueen post. I was like, are more people commenting on my party post? But I think this is it. So I'm just going to read these that I got. Okay. So listener Tiffany, and Tiffany also works here at Baz. Um, she said that, she said, hmm, I think I would choose Elsa Peretti. I love her funky jewelry. I want a gold bean pendant so bad. So Elsa Peretti did a lot of collaborations with um, Tiffany and other jewelry brands. She's most known for her kind of over-the-top jewelry designs, which is cool. I'm glad Tiffany mentioned her because I, I don't really talk too heavily about accessories, jewelry specifically on here. So yeah, that would definitely be a cool person to have at your party. Um, and uh, Hubert de Givenchy, who worked with um, Audrey Hepburn. I know Tiffany really likes Audrey Hepburn. I do as well. He did a lot of her wardrobes, uh, wardrobe selections for different films, obviously most well-known for Breakfast at Tiffany's. So yeah awesome person to have even though he's not a gal I think he'd be fun to have with the gals um and then she added her um she's changing her response but I, I it's it's too late I already mentioned her first one um Anthea Silbert um she's, she didn't want to bring her up again but she does not give a fuck um because she had talked about her when I brought up Rosemary's well when she brought up Rosemary's baby's wardrobe for the um films with vintage fashion vibes um, and also Edith Head. She also worked with Audrey and did costume design for a lot of my favorite movies. Rear Window, Vertigo, To Catch a Thief, Roman Holiday, Funny Face. Can I have a dinner with all four of them? If not, then 
these two amazing women for sure. So she's talking about Edith Head and um, and Thea Silbert, who are obviously amazing costume designers. So I think Tiffany made some good choices there. Thank you, Tiffany. Okay, Miss Master's Closet. She said, um, okay, so she said Miss, but she means um, Elsa Scaparelli. Um, Betsy Johnson. Yay, Betsy. Uh, Dita and you. Oh, she means me. And Poochie as a male alternate. I'm assuming when she says Dita, she means Dita Van Dita Von Tees, the burlesque dancer. Does she have a fashion line? I don't know. I think there's also an eyewear company called Dita. So maybe she can cl- she'll clarify for me. I'm sure after she listens to the episode. But those are all. It's a very interesting group of people. Not very many. There's not much overlap um, there at all. And I do love. Um, Elsa Scaparelli. She's a great, great, great fashion designer and really an important person from, you know, the period between First World War and Second World War. She was a huge competitor uh, with Coco Chanel. And I think her designs were more offbeat. And I think that Chanel's appealed to more people. So um, like Elsa was very um, influenced by Salvador Dali and she did kind of kooky weird things whereas I feel like Coco Chanel was more reserved um, but they were definitely huge rifles so yeah she would that that's definitely if I would have done 10 choices she would have been um, in my 10. Thank you Miss Master's Closet for your participation um, and uh, Miss Melena, Melena Martinez, she owns uh, Melena's Vintage in Westchester, Pennsylvania, which is where I went to college. Um, she gave responses and someone um, did owed her response. Debutante Clothing did owed her responses. I did ask Melena what she would wear, but she did not respond to me. <laughs> so she picked Diane von Furstenberg, um, also Elsa Scaparelli and Roberta Di Camerino. I love Diane von Furstenberg. Something cool to know about her, she actually married a German prince and she actually was a princess until she got divorced. Her children have royal titles, which is kind of cuckoo. Um, Yeah, so I don't know what happened with her marriage, but I do know it was like an issue because she's Jewish and she married a Catholic German prince. And I know that his family didn't necessarily like the fact that he married somebody Jewish. So God knows what happened there over the years. But yeah, his name was Igor. Fun fact for you. Um, but obviously, Diane von Furstenberg has left her her mark in the fashion world, especially with her wrap dresses. And I think she's just a really admirable woman. So great choice there. Um, we already talked about Elsa. Um, but Roberta Di Camerino, uh, so she was um, an Italian designer as well. Well, it's an Italian brand. Um, that's the name of the brand. It's not the name of the designer. But they were based out of Venice, which is cool. There weren't any other fashion houses based out of Venice, mostly out of Milan. Milano. Um, but they were known for, like, they did women's wear and footwear, but they were known for their bags. They specifically velvet bags. Um, and I'll post some pictures of them. Um, so I think that's a really kind of unique, um, probably the most unique answer I got because um, I doubt most people listening will know that brand. So you'll definitely learn something from there. And I'm not surprised. That Melena knows that because um, that's right up her alley. Her um, vintage store is very, very feminine and fun. And um, I definitely credit her for inspiring me to go where I have in my 
in my career and make me want to work hard. So if she's listening, Melena, thank you um, for that. And if you're in Pennsylvania, go visit her her store. It's, it's really great. Downtown Westchester. And oh my god, guys, I need some water. <sighs> That's it. That's it. I was actually hoping for a few more responses, but I feel like maybe people were being shy. Um, thank you so much to everyone who um, participated and, um, you know, gave me some some feedback there. I think it would be really, really cool to have a party like that and to be able to sit down with people that are alive, you know, it's it's a fun thought. And I think it kind of just gets your brain going and you're learning about history and answering or asking rather um, probing questions to super cool, intelligent people, creative people. So super excited. And I love obviously um, involving you guys as listeners, um, because I value your opinion and I want you to feel included and able to participate. So Thank you, um, thank you so much for doing so. And now my phone's gonna be noisy. I had turned it off, now it's gonna start vibrating. Anyways, um, that's really all I have for this episode. So happy Valentine's Day, happy Valentine's Day. Um, you know, I know a lot of people are jaded and bitter about the holiday itself, but I think the most important message about the holiday is love, whether that's self-love, love for another person, love for your family, your friends. I think that um, we should live every day like it's Valentine's Day. I think in this world, we don't do that often enough. And um, you don't need to buy yourself or somebody anything, chocolates, candies. Those things are all nice. But I think, you know, I challenge you to really say one loving thing to yourself and say one loving thing to someone you care about. And I think if you do that, not only on Valentine's Day, but every day, it'll make your life a lot more positive and better. I'm working on it. I think we can all work on that a little bit more. So in the meantime, stay safe and don't be basic. Bye.